Hello, I'm Serena Dot Ryan, and welcome to the See Digital Clearly Show. This show is dedicated to inspiring action. Each episode, there is an interview with a thought leader doing great things with digital. They will share their insights and experience to get you inspired and focused to create the life you want thanks to digital. This episode, Chris Cubby Cabanus, founder and CEO of Cub & Co, joins me. Well, thank you so much, Chris Cubby, for being able to make yourself available has been incredible. Uh, being on the other side of the world, I, I'm glad that you're able to have the opportunity to help people see digital clearly. Yeah, I, yeah thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's kind of surreal. I, I I talk all the time about connecting the dots and having this opportunity to just reach out and have a chat after seeing you in San Diego, and now you're back home in Amsterdam. It's like wow. It's I'm actually in Copenhagen. Oh, really? It's, yeah, yeah. It's close. It's very similar. <laughs> a lot of people get them. A lot of people get them mixed up. Actually, when I. When I first met my wife, I thought she was from Amsterdam as well. And I was like, no, I'm from Copenhagen. I'm like, oops, sorry about that. Well, I'm so, glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, you're definitely not the only one. I've experienced this, um, uh, yeah, so much. So so it's it's cool. It's cool. So is that how you've actually ended up living there was, you know, for love? Yes, that's correct, yeah. My wife is Danish and um, we were actually living in Canada together and um back in 2008 and we were like oh no it was 2000 yeah 2009 we decided "Hmm, where do we want to be in the world let's um let's try Denmark for a bit and then we moved here and yeah the rest is history (laughs) as they say oh I love hearing that because I think you know being in the digital world you've been able to use your skills anywhere in the world quite literally you a shining example oh, yeah, yeah. of how people can do it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not, um, it, it depends on what kind of, yeah, kind of skills you have and stuff like that. But I've found that I've been quite easy and actually it's been, it's been quite good for me being a North American here in Europe and Denmark specifically, because when I first got here, they were actually actively seeking people with my skills, with digital marketing skills. Um, because it wasn't, I mean, Denmark's pretty innovative and they're, they're ahead of the game in many, many areas. But in sort of digital marketing, when people think of good digital marketing, they kind of think of the US uh, and Canada. At least it was that way back then. Now it's a bit, maybe it's a bit more balanced. But, but certainly that was uh, the, the feeling in the industry that the Americas had, or the, yeah, the North America had the, um, had the upper hand on the digital side. Wow, so you found that you're able to carve out your your niche at right timing of being there as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you for you to actually get into what you're doing now, what what was your inspiration to start being you know, using digital? Oh, like back in the day. I mean, well, I've been doing this for I've been doing this forever. Okay. I'm a veteran. Uh, I'd say, um, I started back doing digital when I was 16 years old. This was like 1996, 
97 ish. Yep. Um, basically, uh, I was into design. I was working as an intern for an advertising agency and I was really into design and I was into, uh, technology and all technology in that sense, like that didn't really exist back then. But it was like, I was interested in what was going on in the world. And, and, and basically I started learning how to program by myself. So mm-hmm. I picked up an old, old program called, um, Microsoft front page shout out to anybody who remembers Microsoft front page. This was like an HTML editor. It was, but it was also, you could, it was like, um, I don't remember. Could you actually live preview? There was a, yeah, it was basically, you know, just a straight up HTML editor and with a little bit of, yeah, some properties, a little bit of libraries, some things in it that you could actually pull from. And I started designing websites and I got pretty good at it. And then basically almost everybody in their dog at that time wanted a website. So I started producing websites for people and basically formed my first company at 16. Well, no, it'd probably be about 17 by the time I got it really going, uh, producing websites for people and, uh, making that a business. So, and I produce when I would produce websites for, I was in a band. We, I did the website for my band, I did the website for a buddy's dad, uh, local businesses. So, that's really how I got into digital. Wow. And you found, like you, you said, you started there. What, what was the next step like for you to, as you're creating websites and you've kind of evolved more so in that space, like you found yeah. more so, opportunities that you go? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from there was basically, yeah, just meeting, getting that entrepreneurial spirit or getting that, that idea that, oh, okay, I can actually use my skills, use my love for this um, to make money. I think that was interesting because, you know, at the time, most people were working in pizza shops. And I mean, if you're a kid in high school, you're, you're working in retail or you're, you're, you know, you're still doing newspapers or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and I think it was kind of an eye opener for me at that age that, Oh, I could actually make this a business. I could actually use my skills to do this. This is incredible. Um, and I mean, I already, I was already super interested in advertising at a very young age. I was interested in advertising and, and I had planned always to be in marketing. And that's how I actually ended up in an internship at 14 in an ad agency because I knew I wanted to do this. So right. at 14. So yeah, like very, you know, even earlier, actually at 12, I asked my parents for a book on um, the. I think it was called the thousand or maybe the hundred most popular jobs in advertising. And, and I would like go through that book and like read about copywriters and uh, concept developers and uh, ADs and all these kind of things and executives. And, and so I'd read about these people and I'd be like, Oh, that's the job I want. Or I want to do all this. I want to do this job. I don't want to do that job. So, I was a very weird, uh, I was a weird <laughs> kid. I kind of knew, I knew very early what I wanted. Um, no, that wasn't in digital. I mean, that wasn't, I was nowhere near digital at that time, other than that was the sort of beginning of the internet. And you would, uh, my uncles, for example, would be on, um, you know, forums or they'd be on, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, BBSs. So it was like, you know, these bulletin board systems. So I was getting, you know, there was a little bit of the digital around me at those times, but I wasn't into that at all. It wasn't until 
the mid nineties that I really got into it. So was there uh, anyone in particular like that was working in advertising that got you to go, Oh, that is actually the, the place to be, or is it just something that you discovered, I don't know, watching a TV ad or. Well, that's a, that, that's a very good point. Like, okay. From it all started back when I was like, I was into drawing and I was into art and I was particularly comic book art. So I was drawing comic book art and I was really interested in that. And I think my parents were like, Oh my God, please don't let him be a starving artist. So they kind of like, they kind of nurtured me and thank God for my parents at the time that did this, they were divorced, but they still, I think they did a good job um, sort of uh, playing together or, or teaching me together. But they basically, you know, said, that's really cool that you love this. Hey, why not like check out this or check out that? Like they sort of like lightly, lightly influenced uh, my decisions in that, in that way. So they were really, you know, influential in pushing me towards advertising because they would say, okay, well, let's see if we can make this thing commercial at least. Like let's. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they were, they were very, they were concerned about, I guess, my future earning potential as any good parent should be. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know, maybe not. Do what you do. I think, I mean, now that I'm a parent, I'm like, you know, do what makes you happy and that's, you know, everything else will fall into place. But but um, but it was nice to have somebody a little bit more financially, um, yeah, financial cautious, guiding yeah. me a little bit. So it's good. It's good that they were interested in what you were doing. Hmm. Absolutely right. So they nurtured that instead of shying away from it and saying like instead of going, oh no no, you should never be a comic book artist or you should never be a painter. You should never. They were like, oh, that's really cool. Hey, you should check out other ways that you can use that. So that was. Um, that was, I think that was the, the turning point, I guess that was the tipping point of, of this whole journey that I'm, that I'm on. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So, and then I went to university, I took a degree in communications because you know, that's I actually originally I was taking a degree in marketing and, uh, I didn't fit that at all. That was, that was like, that was uncreative in my opinion. It was basically business. It was basically, which is funny because I love business now, but yeah. It was basically, it was basically like uh, case studies and and market positioning and uh, demographics and which is super interesting to me now. But back then, I was like, no, I'm a creative. I'm like, so I so I switched my major to uh, communications, uh, which is way more my style. Yeah, which is, yeah, way more my style. That being a natural creative, the challenge then of. Uh, being able to turn your creative skills into a business. You're saying it's only after you've you've gone into business now that you see the value in the business skills. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, it's only, I mean, I think I took that for granted when I was younger as well, because I did have another small company that we did, you know, I did when I was 18 doing, like I said, or 17 doing websites and doing, um, flyers for people and like, you know, print ads and stuff of that. So we did a bunch of stuff, but, but it's not until I think now, well, it's been the last like maybe three or four years that I've really gone into and thought, Oh man, those business, I mean, it would be nice to go back and actually do a, ma- a master's in marketing or a bachelor's in marketing now, because it would give me some foundations on maybe it wouldn't teach me anything. I don't know, but I think it would be interesting to see how that would match up with my, with my plans now. Uh, and I highly believe in education. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that, that kind of, 
you know, there's this rhetoric going around right now. This is like education is too expensive and it's, it'll put you into debt and that's not worth it. And if you're an entrepreneur, you don't need that. And I think that's, you know, if I can swear on your program, I think that's bullshit. I think, I think that, you know, everybody has to find their own path and I'm not advocating for people spending a bunch of money to just spend money. Like you need to know what you want to do and you need to, to, you know, get what you can out of education. But I firmly believe in higher education and education in general. Um, I think it's money well spent. I, I look, I totally agree with that. I actually, whilst I went to university, I, I actually struggled with it uh, because I, I resonate quite a bit with what you're saying because I, not a naturally a process orientated person or could gel very well with the theory until I had the experience behind me. And, you know, I, I really struggled with things like accounting and numbers and I don't really, in fact, I can even say I failed accounting three times at uni. (laughs) I, it just didn't sit with me, but it's not until I've been running my business now. It's like, oh my goodness, my accountant's my best friend because I still struggle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I, I now at least know to have someone near me who understands numbers. But I'm determined to understand the numbers myself because I see the value in cash flow. So, mm. yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's crucial actually as a business out. person to have those those things. Um, to know your weaknesses and your strengths and to cover them off. I think that's ultra important. I mean, that's how also I'm working with my business is trying to hire people that, that, that don't, um, that compliment me, but contrast me and, and sort of can fill the gaps. Right. Yeah. That's a really good insight. As you say, just fill the gaps. I like that because as people say to play to your strengths, but, not enough is said around the weaknesses and how do you yeah. work with those? Yeah. And it's difficult. I think most people don't know what their weaknesses are. Um, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have people around me that actually tell me straight up my, what my weaknesses are. <laughs> so That's good. like, yeah, no, it's really good. I mean, you know, people will tell me like, you're not good at this. Can I do that for you instead? And I go, yeah, you're right. I suck at that. Yes, you can do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's so that's, yeah, it is really fantastic. And I thank those people big time. I'm like, thank you so much because, um, and that just comes from being very, having a very honest and transparent and, and sort of approachable attitude and approachable spirit, if you will. I so I think, that. yeah, yeah. I talk yeah, about, it comes from that. um, every year I pick a word, as my word of the year purely because I, I want something that will help me with my focus. And 2017 incidentally is the year of team Mm -hmm. because I feel like I really want to focus on getting the right people around me. And also that acknowledgement that I can't do everything myself. And Mm, I love hearing you say that you've obviously got some great people on your team to be so direct with you as well. Yeah, they're fantastic. I love that. Um, and you got to nurture that, right? I mean, and it's not, you don't always get it right. I mean, I will tell that to people as well. Like when we're hiring, we hire pretty fast. Like we can get a sense. We use our instincts a lot here. So uh, at my agency, Coven Co. So when we're hiring people, we use our instincts, but then we get people in fairly quickly. 
and we can see right away do they gel with the team do they do they add the value that we want them to add um and then we if they don't they have to go uh because it's super important it it can actually really take things one person not um not holding their weight or not you know not being a part of the team or being sort of yeah not what we want is actually kind of like a poison it poisons the water and it actually affects the other team members and affects all work done in the agency so i really believe in uh keeping the team uh extremely um i would say you know key keeping that like the number one thing that you focus in on is is the team and the team dynamics and if you do that you you can nail a lot of things Thank you. That really, I find that really helpful as someone who's in that stage at the moment of growing my team to hear that from someone who has that experience that, yeah, Yeah. it really helps. Thank you. Use your instincts a lot. Like the times that we've ignored our instincts and been like, no, we'll put them in like that. They'll be fine. The times that we've done that, it's always failed. And that's why, like, that's also why we have two people do our interviews. And I recommend that as well. If you're interviewing people now as you're the single person in business, even having your partner, your business partner, or your life partner, or whatever you want to call them, or a friend, sit in on the interview with you is, is, has been really massive for us because that you can't catch everything. And having those two people to then talk about, okay, who was, what was this person like? And what, what kind of feeling were you getting? And then being able to, to talk about that person has really helped us uh, focus in on our instincts and get to, do we think that this person will fit with us? Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. I really yeah, no problem. Well, letting you know how things go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. So you, like you talk about your challenges, like, you know, how you've been able to help with getting people on your team. Mm-hmm. And you're naturally, by the sounds of it, a real creative person. Uh, what have you found most challenging while running your own business? Um, well, okay, so all businesses are a little bit different, but I would say there's a there is a pattern in terms of when you become a when you become when you become a single person, like a single man company or woman company where you're running everything by yourself, when you start to build your team, uh, you're going to have to let go of some certain things and you're going to have to focus in on running the business, um, the accounting side, the money side, the cash flow side, the, the business relationship side, the, you know, dealing with vendors and dealing with, you know, all these other smaller, not smaller, but these other things other than being creative, other than producing work for clients or, you know what I mean? So you will have to, there's a gap that there's a, there's a chasm that you have to cross when it comes to this. And you'll probably find this too, as you grow your business, as you get more players on your team that, you know, leaning into the team and letting them produce with guidance from you Mm -hmm. is, is the, that's the hard part, I guess. That's, that's the most difficult part right now is me actually getting out of production and letting the team run with it and just me overseeing. 
Okay, so practicing letting go is what I take from that. I'm gonna. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to boil it down, it is like that. It is letting go, but then it's also knowing where to let go and and knowing, um, knowing which parts you should let go and and which parts you need to hold on to, and also, um, you know, instilling the confidence in the team to actually do those things. That's also a really hard sort of aspect of when you start working with with teams and, and larger teams is that you know you really have to instill confidence in them that they can do it and they will do it uh so that's uh, that's super interesting for me right now and that's a challenge okay that's good to know so yeah. being you've evolved so much from the early days of the uh, digital and the internet how have you been able to evolve and, and continue to stay uh, I guess with digital it moves so quickly and I guess where I'm heading with this is that there's you have to be you know keeping up to date with things and mm-hmm. how do you yeah. how do you fit that into your day while tr- still trying to run the business that's extremely difficult actually and i think um i think i think you have to to stay on top of this industry you have to be in the industry and what i mean by that is 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 really living it and breathing it and being passionate about it if you're passionate about it if it's something that okay so for example if it's something that i have to do if i feel like oh man i got to like I got to keep up to date with what's going on with Facebook live or I got to keep up. If I feel like I have to do something, it's never going to happen. Right. And I think that's the same for many, many people. When you let yourself go completely, when you, when you say, you know what I am, this is, I'm like, this is me. Like, I love this. This is, I'm super passionate about this. This is my life. This is, then it doesn't become something that you have to do. It's like going to the gym, right? It's like, when it becomes a part of who you are, you just do it. Like, and you become a healthy person and you live it. It's the same with digital. When you say, you know what, I'm, this is me. Like, I'm into it. I'm passionate about this and this is where I want to go. Then it doesn't become a struggle to, to keep up to date with things because you need to. It's who you are. So I think that's, that's been how I do it is that, you know, I'm so into it that it just becomes very natural, very much like a lifestyle thing. Absolutely. I love hearing that. So it's almost like it's, it, yeah, I think the struggle um, for me when I went into uh, is creating my business was trying to find where the boundaries were and hearing it come from you, it's reassuring as well because I realised that there's actually it becomes, if it's part of your life, you don't have to worry about the boundary. No, it becomes who you are. And then that's mm. also how I deal with it with my family as well. Like trying to balance family and business is always difficult for people. But, you know, my family is part of my business in some ways. Like my wife, she's super great at finance. She's my financial goddess. And she's, she's so incredible at it. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to have her go through the books and look at stuff and, and do cash flow predictions and like 
because, and that's become, that's like, then she's a part of it and she's, and she's a part of my life. So I don't separate the two. Yeah. Um, some people draw lines in the sand that don't need to be drawn. They like, yeah. well, I got to separate my work and my life. I mean, my work and my home life, like why? Yeah. Well, I think it'll be detrimental to my kids. Why? Like, like, no, I mean, like, but honestly, like if it is, obviously if it is detrimental to your kids or it's detrimental to your marriage, like then don't do it. But I'm just saying like, we, we shouldn't take anything for face value because somebody told us that, oh, you should separate your work and your, and your family life, or you should separate your social media and your family life, or you should, or you should, I think everybody has to figure out their balance and what works for them. Um, so but for me, it's been like, I take my kids to the office on Saturdays. Sometimes they go, they draw on the whiteboards and they play on the computer and they, they, they can see that their dad is, is hanging out with them, but also working also like, because it is a part of my life. It is a part of, it's a big part of who I am. Um, it's my personality. Like, so, so I think, and that's healthy for them to see that. Um, like I don't stop becoming I don't stop becoming CEO of Cub and Co when I hit the front door. I mean, that's, it's just, that doesn't, things don't work that way. I mean, policemen don't come home and stop being policemen or police women or, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's just, you know what I mean? So that's where I would say, um, that's what works for me. And I, I don't know if it works for everybody, but you know, you, my advice is you've got to find out what works. You know, You've just nailed it. I think my passion is that everybody sees digital clearly for what it is. And when you say there's no one size fits all, my hope is through this podcast, everyone gets to see that very thing. No one size fits all, but you can actually see how everyone who is doing great in the digital space is actually using digital to create a life they want. Right. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, everyone's doing it differently. I mean, I know a lot of people that are massive into live streaming or massive into podcasting or massive into Instagram or or massive into YouTube or some people that are like really great at online funnels and use that and build eBooks and build programs and sell that way and build their life that way. Or, or they build agencies like I do, or they, or they, or they work for a corporate company and, and sort of run social media for them or run marketing for them, or they have a small business doing Facebook ads, like everybody, in my opinion, has to find what works for them and what they love. And, and I don't, I never subscribe to this feeling that you have to be doing something like, like if you're, if you're super happy about having a, uh, an agency that just focuses on live Facebook or Facebook live, or if you have an or if you have your digital life is that Maybe you have no business around digital life. Maybe you, maybe you just said, I don't want to do digital. I want to do, you know, all print or I want to, then so be it. Like, yep. don't let anybody force you into doing something that you think you should be doing. Like, right. Absolutely. It's really wise advice. I think it's fantastic. I've really, really enjoyed having the opportunity to hear your story more and hear yeah. how you're using digital to I guess, have the life you want. I love that you actually Thank you. come into the office too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have it set up here that they, um, I have Netflix on the TV when my kids come in in the afternoon after school and it's very handy. <laughs> yeah, I guess, hey. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, thanks, Serena. I really appreciate the time and um, would love to do this anytime with you. So just let me know. Oh, fantastic. Really, really. Thank you. That's all I can say. (laughs) It's been great to chat. I look forward to chatting again soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The best time for you to take action is now. Get out there and use digital for what it's intended for to make your life a better one.